It's Wednesday, March 9th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, it's it's uh, Wednesday, in the early in March, and and we're talking about the possibility of maybe getting a a deal done here soon. Uh, it looks like the the owners and the players have been meeting uh, this morning. Uh, they met for 16 hours yesterday. Uh, there were some some concessions on both sides, and it looks like. Uh, only a, a few more major obstacles remain. Uh, there's a possibility that we could have a, a deal in place by the end of tonight. Yeah, that'd be great, Joe. Uh, and you know, you would still save the 162 game season. Um, you know, they, they you know, uh, Manfred had said that he canceled what the first uh, week of the season last week, but uh, the the 162 games is played in 187 days, so. You know, there's still room, wiggle room here to, uh, you know, make some, you know, either eliminate some off days, play some doubleheaders, you know, maybe start uh, start the season a little bit late and still get 162 in. Yeah, I uh, I had seen a, a tweet from Bob Nightingale a little while ago that said uh, if the if if they come to an agreement today, uh, they could start the season April 6th or 7th, and then add three days on to the end of the calendar sometime in October and and play a couple of doubleheaders somewhere in between that and still play the 162 games, you know, which would be different than what Manfred had said when those games were canceled and said they would not be made up. Uh, this would, would certainly take care of that and, you know, get the players their uh, their game checks as well. Uh, again, we're, we're, we're putting the cart before the horse. There are still some some issues that they are talking about. It seems like the latest one that pop up uh, that that is being discussed, at least online here, is this idea of an international draft that Major League Baseball is pushing for. They want a 20-round MLB draft with, uh, you know, slotting money somewhere in the $5 million range for the top picks and, uh, you know, other other aspects of it like that. Uh, the Players Association wants the elimination of uh, the uh, qualifying offer and draft pick compensation for free agents. And I think Major League Baseball has sort of tied these two issues together. And, and you know, their Major League Baseball is willing to eliminate that qualifying offer uh, and that whole system if in return they can get this uh, international draft. Now it's just a matter of working out the specifics of the international draft and making the money work. Uh, but it seems like a lot of players and agents are opposed to the idea of some sort of international draft. But Joe, that's just a, you know, Major League Baseball has been trying to get this major, you know, international draft for maybe 10, 15 years. And they've always gotten turned down by the Players Association. They tried to do it in the Dominican Republic. You know, this was, you know, seven or eight years ago and they almost had a riot down there all the Busconis, the agents and you know the trainers down there revolted you know that's a that's a big industry in 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 um in the dominican and uh, so if they want to regulate that you know the draft would take the middleman the trainers out of the picture to, in, mm -hmm. to a certain degree but there there's a lot of abuses that that could get corrected by a major league draft you know now you know, you've got kids that, you know, are basically 13, 14 years old, you know, that they drop out of school in, in, the, in the Dominican and Venezuela and some Latin American countries. 
They start training with these trainers and they basically commit to a team, you know, when they're 13 or 14 years old, but they can't officially sign until they're 16. And, you know, that's, that just, that opens, that's just not a good way to do business, but that's the way it's run now. And perhaps a, you know, a major league draft or, a, you know, an international draft could correct those things, make a, you know, just a, you know, a, a hard and fast age, like a six, 16 or 17. And, and in the process, Joe, a lot of, you know, 18 and 19 year old players, you know, in, in uh, the Dominican and Venezuela, they don't get signed. They think, you know, for some reason, teams think those guys are too old, but they're willing to spend millions on a Cuban guy, you know, a Cuban player coming over from Cuba, even though he's 20, 21. And, you know, they really don't have a lot of background on him. So, I, I could see where an international draft would, would level the playing field, mm-hmm. but it just uh, seems to be like a huge undertaking. I mean, do you, do you include the Pacific Rim countries? Do you include uh, Australia? What about Cuba? What about Colombia? You know, Venezuela? You know, it just seems like it, it's, it's just adding a, a huge, you know, a huge uh, hurdle at the end of the negotiations. Yeah, and I guess for me, at least from my perspective, I want to look at it through a Cleveland Guardians lens here, uh, you know, and uh, Cleveland has invested and, and poured so much of its capital resources into uh, their Dominican facility and, and the training that goes on there. Uh, they, there there's an, an investment there, and you, you've got results. You've got a Jose Ramirez, who is an international signee. I mean, these are these are little advantages that the small market teams like Cleveland, like Tampa, are able to take advantage of, uh, you know, where the New Yorks and the L.A.s haven't really sort of made these great strides that Cleveland has in this uh, in this area of scouting internationally and, 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 and developing that talent down there. Uh, are you going to take away from the small market teams by instituting this draft? Yeah, and if you look at, you know, war from last year, you know, there's a bunch of players in the top 10, top 20 players that are from the international draft. You know, Otani, uh, Juan Soto, even Ramirez, Jose Ramirez. I mean, it's becoming a much more lucrative market. And so there's there's a lot of, uh, there's going to be a lot of discussion about this. Right, and it, it just feels like right now, if this is what's holding up the negotiations, if this is what's in the last, the home stretch of these negotiations, if this is what's going to hold things up, you know, they've already gotten past, apparently they've gotten past the competitive balance tax, you know, crisis that they were in with, with major league baseball, raising their, their offer up to what, two, 230 million for the first year. If they were able to get through all of that. And now, you know, this ongoing, you know, desire for major league baseball to have, uh, an international draft is, is what will will derail this. I, I just I, I sincerely hope that you know something can can get done and, and they can figure it out before uh, the end of today, so that they don't have to lose even more games. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know they worked till three o'clock, three three a.m. yesterday. Uh, you know this morning, I'm sure they're back at it pretty soon, or even maybe they're they're doing it right now. Uh, but uh, you know that. It's just they've covered a lot of ground, you know. Uh, just think, uh, you know, they've gotten more money into the younger players' hands. 
you know, they've raised the minimum salary. It looks like they've agreed to, you know, the minimum to start at 700,000 700, uh, this year. Uh, they've gotten the bonus pool. You know, there, I think there's still some ground to cover in the bonus pool, but the, play, uh, the owners have agreed to go to 40 million. The players, are, I think, are still at, at 80 million. Um, you know, you've got the, uh, the, the draft lottery uh, to, uh, you know, protect against tanking. The, uh, the last thing I read or I saw were, were player, the, uh, the teams that agreed to go to the first six picks in the lottery. The players mm -hmm. are still at seven picks. Uh, and, you know, you, I think they've still got the, uh, the, the bonus pool, part of the bonus pool where, you know, if, if a rookie player, you know, finishes first or second in one of the top awards, postseason awards, he'll gain a, you know, a year of service time. So there's a lot, the, the, the pendulum has swung. The players have gotten a lot of things they've wanted. And, uh, you know, the, let's hope this thing gets settled. Yeah, and in the meantime, you've got players. Uh, I think the, uh, the the troops are starting to gather. I, I think uh, the players are sensing that this is is coming, you know, to a head. And in out at the uh, the training facilities that have been established by the union, uh, these pitchers are out there throwing. Uh, um, you know, players are are able to work out and, and you know get close to where they need to be conditioning wise. Because because once the gates are are unlocked, it's going to be a, a full on stampede. Uh, I, I know you were able to talk to a, a, a couple of uh, Guardians players uh, just the other night. Yeah, I talked to Zach Plesac uh, last night, you know, and uh, he said he he's worked out a couple of times at the uh, the the facility that the union rented for the players in Mesa, Arizona. He saw some of his teammates there, Tristan McKenzie. Uh, Brian Lavastida, Richie Palacios, and uh, him and Shane Bieber have thrown bullpens there. Uh, you know, even Trevor Bauer showed up. I saw a picture of Trevor there. So uh, Trevor showed up with a couple of uh, uh, GoPro video cameras strapped to his head, and he's he's taking it all in like uh, like he's some sort of YouTube celebrity, right? Yeah, and uh, he was going to talk to the reporters. I guess the reporters there tried to talk to him. He goes. I was going to talk to you guys, but I don't think you have my best interest at heart. So uh, <laughs> nothing has changed in that regard. So I was going to uh, say, sounds see. like 2017, Trevor Bauer. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, I was talking to Police Act, and you know, he says, you know, I think this guy's been playing throwing bullpen since December. I think he would. Th he thinks it would take me three to four weeks to get ready, but uh, you know the the. The big thing, as we always say, Joe, is the pitching has got to be ready. So I would imagine if this thing gets settled, you're going to have to carry a couple extra pitches, maybe open the season with a 28-man roster, maybe a 30-man roster, something like that. Yeah, and, you know, Terry Francona likes to likes to have his guys ready to be able to throw, what, 80, 85 pitches, you know, out the gate the first, you know, week of the season or whatever. You know, maybe some of those benchmarks that, that Tito's used to might have to be rolled back, at least uh, in, in his own mind. He might have to be a little more patient with some of these guys as they, they come out the gate because you certainly don't want a repeat of last season with Shane Bieber and, you know, the, the hot start in the and He just he was taxed so much early in the year uh, that it, it led to uh, a, an injury in, in, in June and, and his season was not the same. Yeah, you know, and in talking to Beaver earlier, you know, this offseason, 
you know, I think a lot of these pitchers, you know, including him are kind of caught in between Joe. They, you know, that it's not like they had a set date, even in the COVID thing, you went through that, you know, eight week period where you really didn't have a set date, but then, you know, when they, when they settled things and they had a set date, they could ramp up and, and start, you know, really, uh, you know, you know, t- conditioning seriously. And, and Bieber, I think, you know, had, had reached a point where he was feeling great. His shoulder was feeling great, but he didn't know, he didn't know if he should keep going and keep training hard or kind of maybe back off and, 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 and wait until the, the, a date was settled. So he had a target to shoot at. And, uh, you know, so I think a lot of pitchers are going to be caught in the, in that until, you know, this deal gets, gets resolved and gets made. And uh, yeah, like you said, I think you're going to have to be handled a little, little differently, a little more carefully. Well, it's certainly because if this, if the guardians are going to be successful this year, it, it's going to take a, a completely healthy and uh, a completely healthy season from Shane Bieber and, you know, uh, Zach Plesak and Aaron Savali as well. Uh, you know, speaking of individual players, you, again, you were out there uh, in Arizona for a week and, and had a chance to sort of uh, put eyes on some of these minor league prospects who were out there in camp. And, and you, you got a, at least a little glimpse of the future, uh, the distant future for some of these guys. Uh, tell me about Yordis Valdez, uh, a, a guy that you, you think uh, sort of reminds you of Francisco Lindor. Yeah, you know, if you, you know, you looked at real fast at him in when he was taken infield, uh, you know, on one of the backfields in Goodyear, you know, you could have sworn it, it was a, a Lindor, you know, he kind of car- he carries himself like him. He's kind of built along the same lines. So, you know, Frankie's got a lot bigger, you know, than him. But when Frankie was uh, coming up through the, uh, you know, the minor leagues, he, you know, if he was kind of, he was, you know, you were kind of, you know, taken back by just how, you know, how frail he looked, how small he was. And no one would call him that now, but uh, he certainly, uh, you know, but, he, you know, defensively he carries himself. I didn't see him swing the bat that well, but he's a switch hitter. You know, he, he kind of had the same background. He was born in uh, Cuba. You know, Lindo was born in uh, uh, Puerto Rico, came, and, you know, came over to the, to Florida, you know, kind of established residency there. He grew up in, in Florida, it's the same with uh, the same with uh, Yordi's, and uh, you know, and so it, it's kind of interesting. And you know, he, he's got he's got some nice movements. And Johnny Mack, Johnny uh, uh, McDonald, the field corner coordinator, you know, couldn't say enough good things about his defense, and believes that you know this kid is going to you know get stronger physically. He, he stayed in Goodyear most of the winter uh, this past you know this after last season, and really got stronger. And he, you know, he said, you know, he, he was a high school kid, just like uh, Lindor signed out of high school. Uh, Lindor was a number one. Yordi's uh, uh, was a number two. And, uh, you know, Yordi's dad played in, in uh, for Cuba, was an outfielder, really helped him in his development. So interesting kid, nice kid. And uh, just, what was uh, just the- another, just another shortstop. In, yeah, in, I guess. What in, was the, the shortstop three uh- what, what was the nickname that he had uh, there? Yeah, in Mr. Camp? Hands. Yeah, that's why yeah. one of his, uh, his his high school teammates gave it to him because of his uh, defensive ability. Well, I mean, uh, you, you can't replace Mr. Smile if you don't have a nickname. So it's, I guess Mr. Hands is uh, uh, the the way to go there. Uh, you know, we'll we'll keep an eye on Yordis Valdez. Any idea where he might start the season in the minors? Would it would it be at 
at low A, high A, or is it is that uh, still to be determined? I would think uh, you know maybe he'd start at Lake County this this, this season. Uh, maybe start maybe open up at Lynchburg and then uh, start at uh, Lake County. Offense is 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 his weakness. You know that's a part of his game. He's got to work on. Um, but uh, you know I think one either one of you know maybe Lake County. You know I would think, but we'll have to see how the the whole thing breaks down with so many short middle infielders. Right. Yeah. But with, if, you know, if there are fewer spots or, or whatever, the, they, they're not reducing the rosters this year. So I, I guess there, there will be room for any of these guys or as many of these guys. Uh, wanted to mention, uh, I, I think we, we saw that there was a, a word that Apple TV now is going to be uh, broadcasting games on Friday nights, uh, a doubleheader on Fridays in, in uh, conjunction with major league baseball. And it's something that you wouldn't need, uh, at least initially, you wouldn't need a subscription uh, to be able to watch on the Apple TV app. Uh, so for all of the, uh, you know, Cleveland fans who have been uh, complaining about that, you know, the cord cutters who've been complaining about not being able to watch on YouTube TV or, or have uh, streaming options that way uh, might be a way to, to finally be able to, to catch a, a game or two if, uh, if Cleveland ever is featured on the, the Friday night broadcast. Yeah, that's a great point, Joe. And uh, a pretty, a pretty lucrative offer, a pretty lucrative deal for the owners as well. What are you talking like is like 65 million, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So, I don't yeah, know how that's uh, divided up, but uh, it'll be interesting. <laughs> I, I don't know. It, 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 you were talking about monopoly money right now. And it's, uh, there are so many moving parts. The, the, the mental gymnastics of wrapping my brain around all of these different aspects of the game. It's I, I would just like to get back to interviewing a player about a game that he played and about something he did on the field and what he wants to do next. That's <laughs> everything else has just been, you know, leading up to that. I, I miss that. And I think the, the fans and the readers want to see that. We, I just saw, I, I, I had a couple of interactions on, uh, on our subtext subscription uh, service here. Uh, talking to fans uh, about, you know, hey, I'm starting to get my hopes up about this, and they're and they're they're telling me that it's like, come on, let's let's get going. We want to read about baseball. It's it, I I spent the last couple of weeks here covering uh, college basketball with Cleveland State, and I love basketball. I'm a I'm a high school basketball official. Basketball's in my DNA, but man, I miss writing about baseball, and I miss just watching it. I was so jealous of you out there in in Arizona, not just because it was. 120 degrees when you were, uh, you know, watching these guys on the field, but, but because you actually got to hear the ball hit the bat and you got to, you know, hear the, the cleats crunch in the dirt. It's, it, it, you just miss that right now. Yeah, that was, that was probably the best part about being out there, Joe, was like you said, just talking to players about baseball. You know, I talked to Xavier Curry and, and Angel, Angel uh, Martinez and uh, Doug Nikhazy and, and uh, Valdez and Will Brennan, Logan Allen, you know, a bunch of guys. And they were just so excited about, you know, like getting back in camp, playing baseball, you know, furthering their careers. And it was like, it was like the way it was supposed to be, you know, you, there was, there was no talk about labor, the labor situation or lockouts or, you know, how long it's going to take you to get ready and their shortened spring training, shortened season, you know, any of that. Yeah, well, uh, subscribers on our subtext service were, were able to get sort of the the inside view of that. Uh, you know, uh, three ninety nine a month if you want to sign up. 
now would be a really good time to do that uh, because once we get this uh, negotiations and, and the CBA all squared away and it's full steam ahead, we're, we're able to, you know, come up with news on who they're signing, who they're trading for. Uh, we haven't even gotten into that, man. The, the Guardians are going to be pulling some trades here now in the next couple of weeks that, you know, people are going to want to be subscribed to that subtext service. Uh, Cleveland.com slash subtext or uh, 216-298-4346 if you want to uh, subscribe, send a text message to that number. Uh, again, just looking forward to uh, getting back on the ball here as we as we get towards uh, a conclusion. Hey, Hoinsie, we're going to uh, wrap this edition of the podcast up right now. If uh, an agreement is reached here in the next few hours, we will uh, jump on and record another podcast, just giving our, our initial reactions to it uh, and, and what we've got, uh, you know, what we've learned so far. But uh, until then, we will we'll talk to you guys uh, again tomorrow. Good deal, Joe. 